Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a lot of great stories and our first one's from FrostyToes99. About 5 years ago, my company brought in an individual to see if my position was no longer needed. I passed with flying colors. Not to give too much information away, I was hired at an organization as a job title of basically helper. Well, for someone who's supposed to just be helping, I had a ridiculous amount of work. Almost all of my coworkers were huge technologically illiterate boomers. So I actually sort of thrived in this as a very useful person. For example, one guy would spend half his day copying items and passing them into another program we use. He didn't even control C, control V. He would right click, then copy, then go into the files menu or something and insert copy item from clipboard. He was so proud of himself when he showed me because, don't worry, you won't have to retype everything. I wrote a program to automatically do this, but didn't tell him so I would just run it occasionally as part of my responsibilities. Anyway, I did a lot of stuff like this. I'd estimate I saved about 15 hours of work every day, on top of the 8.5 hours I did too, but then insert Sergeant Freak face. This wasn't the military, but I just like to call him that. We're having a team meeting when he shows up. White hair, combed okay-ish, a scrunched face, glasses. He just sort of just showed up one day and took notes during our morning meeting. At one point, someone brought up a name of one of our customers. I said, oh, is that the 300-pound guy with a big beard? Sort of as a joke, because I mostly do back-end stuff. There was a guy like this I recently did some interest stuff for, but I was wrong and my boss said, no, it's blah blah, some other person. Okay. Then we talked about that person a bit. Fast forward about a week, and this Sergeant Freakface is a complete freaking jerk to me. I don't know why, he'll ignore me during group conversations and literally sometimes scoff at me. Who actually scoffs at people? I was having a really tough week looking for some extremely important files. People were yelling all day. I was exasperated. Too much to do. I was having anxiety attacks at home in the middle of the night. But it was Friday, so I was pulling through. As I looked for this file, I ended up deep in our file structure and the search returned a personal folder structure within one of the drives. I clicked out of curiosity, and there it was, Sergeant Freak's Notes. I opened it and there was a whole section about me. This guy basically goes from location to location, getting people fired to save the CEO's money. And he was working on me now. I scrolled through his notes and at the very top I saw, Frosty thought a 4 foot 10, 24 year old female patient was a 300 pound bearded man. Clearly atrocious attention to detail. That's just one example of how completely messed up his comments were. So in combination with my job, which I generally liked and enjoyed helping people, knowing I wasn't getting paid enough for my effort, this horrible week I had, and Sergeant Freak's comments, I said screw this. I set up three email configurations. 
one to my boss letting him know I'll be taking two weeks vacation time to be sent at 10pm tonight, two to the company letting them know I won't be present for two weeks so whatever work they currently need me to do, they'll need to do themselves to be sent at Monday morning at 4am, three for any emails that came in, I said an auto response that said, I will be out for an unknown amount of time. For any routine, emergency, or even occasional items, it's imperative you reach out to Sergeant Freak at so-and-so for assistance. Then, I turned off every automated task I'd ever set up. Then I swung by Sergeant Freak's temporary office and said, I think I found a way to make your job easier. He didn't even really turn his head to look at me, but just raised one eyebrow. Then I left. I actually got multiple calls on Monday morning I didn't answer. It didn't last long apparently, but I stayed strong and didn't respond to anything. On a Wednesday, I had a little anxiety about it, but I stayed as strong as I could. I thought about the tasks that needed a two-day turnaround. There's no way some of the guys were keeping up with their normal duties. Guaranteed at least two people were no longer doing their normal jobs just to keep up with my automated tasks. I got a long email to my personal account. I guess from my resume or when I interviewed from my boss on Thursday night of the first week. It went something like this. OP, I know you're a smart person and probably figured out what the company had us doing. I would say it's very important you call me, but that probably isn't going to work, I see. I've talked with Sergeant Freak's boss and he'll be leaving our location. I explained our progress meetings seem to be going in the wrong direction and that you are one of our most valuable employees here. I'm sure you're probably looking at other jobs at this point, or maybe you've even started one. I hope not. If you could please reach back to me, I would like to offer you a raise. It's become very apparent how useful you are around here. I hear about it every day, believe me. So I came back on Monday with a $10,000 raise and Sergeant Freak out of my face. My boss apologized again in person and said he didn't get a say in it. I think it's a little weird he could have a say after I left, but not before, but I sort of get it. OP honestly had a real luxury in the situation where they actually knew how important and critical they are, and Sergeant Freak made an error in judgment choosing OP to be the next one to oust from the company, not realizing they chose the most advanced worker of their whole group. If you discovered you were in a situation like OP was, where they were literally trying to get you kicked out from the company, would it take you a hefty raise as well to come back? Or would Sergeant Freak getting transferred away be enough? Let me know about you guys in the comments down below. Our next story is from Deeper Sea 1969 This just in, as I walked up to my friend's building, I could see there was the small line waiting to use the enter phone to buzz in. At this place, you need a fob or be buzzed in to be able to take the elevator to the floor you want. I waited outside a few minutes for the crowd to clear and started to enter when this woman on a cell phone brushes past me and goes to the panel. I can hear her conversation. She asks what the code is and then types it in. She gets a busy signal. She tries again and a third time but still busy. She asks her friend why it wasn't going through if she's able to talk to her now. Her frustration is now evident. I realize that the person she has on the phone is the person she's trying to buzz, so of course she's getting a busy signal. My internal debate only lasted a few seconds before settling on watch and wait. She tried to buzz several more times, not even once glancing at me to see if I wanted to try. Eventually someone walks out, and so she walks in. I buzz my friend and then walk to the elevators where I find the woman's waiting. The elevator arrives and we get on. 
She presses a floor button but doesn't notice it doesn't light up. I press my floor and we start up. As we pass the floor she wants, she realizes it's not lit and my floor is about 20 above the one she wanted. She asks, no, demands that I buzz her to the other floor, but I say I'm just a visitor too. She's talking mostly to herself about whether to get out and take the stairs or go back to the ground floor. So she gets off with me and tries to call her friend, but it's busy. As I'm walking to my friend's door, I see her go into the stairwell, and I'm wondering to myself again, should I have told her that all the floor doors are all locked, and the only way to get out is by key or walking down to the ground? My internal debate settled on, no. I guess the one thing I gotta say is, at least going down the stairs isn't as bad as going up them, right? Like, at least they didn't climb up all those stairs just to find out that the door is locked. It's definitely easier getting down them, especially if you trip. Then you don't have to expend any effort and you just roll down. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so that you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has great stories in it, like our next one from coulda, shoulda, woulda, be kind to your customers. I thought of this today because a friend of mine is fighting a losing battle with the big C. Long ago, before my wife and kids came along, I spent my weekends drag racing. Eventually, I was competing in Outlaw 10.5 and bracket classes throughout the southeast of the USA. Like a lot of competitive sports, you find a connection with your competition. I was facing Tommy, not his real name, in the finals one weekend at a 1 8 mile track, but I had a problem with a part inside the transmission and wasn't going to be able to run. He heard this and came to our tent, asked what part we needed, and returned a few minutes later with a spare for his car. I still lost, but from then on, we became close friends. A couple years later, the Sunday morning after another event, we decided to stop at a small local restaurant before we part ways. We pull into the lot, me with Florida plates, him with Tennessee plates, and head inside. After we ordered, we noticed the locals were staring at us, a lot of whispering and finger pointing towards our trucks in the lot. The food was good, so we ordered some dessert, and this is where it started going wrong. I was surprised to see pumpkin pie on the menu in summer, so I had to have it. When it arrived, the pie was warm and served with vanilla ice cream. I'd never seen it served that way before and asked the waitress about the pie. She immediately starts with a loud diatribe of, All the pies here are made each day, there's nothing wrong with it. You just don't know what real pie is. So why don't you finish your pie and get the freak out of here before you have something to really complain about? She promptly drops the check on the table, and several locals are laughing or clapping. I'm a big guy, but I'm not fighting a restaurant full of rejects straight from the set of deliverance. I reach for the bill, but Tommy says, I've got it. He pulls out a money clip full of $100 bills, handed one to the waitress, and waited patiently for the change. Here's the petty revenge. Tommy is absurdly wealthy. He has a massive house, a huge workshop full of supercars and a private jet. Yeah, that wealthy. He grew up poor, worked his butt off, and got lucky with some small business ventures. He owns a large portion of the town he lives in, and is probably one of the finest humans I know. Every single time we've been out to eat, he drops a tip that would and has made any server cry. He takes great joy in seeing that look on someone's face, hoping that it changes their life for the better. We walk outside in complete disbelief, you always hear about rednecks in small towns disliking strangers, but I'd never really seen it before. Tommy turns to me and says, Talk about bad timing. That entire money clip was her tip. 
I'll just give it to charity in Tennessee. It had to be at least a thousand dollars. I almost wish he had told her that it was supposed to be for her, but then I probably would have been stabbed with a dirty fork. Is it bad that I somehow thought like, I thought this story was being based around how everybody in the restaurant somehow thought like OP and their friend were lovers or something, and like that's why they were acting that way, and not just like, even more simplified as just disliking strangers like that? I thought these people were going to be awful people because of homophobia, but somehow it turns out they're even worse. They hate anybody they just don't know. Our next story is from Dawn of the Underscore, Pettiness by Polka Dots. A few years ago, I was in an abusive relationship with a guy much older than me. We were engaged and the house we were in was really crappy and we decided to move. But when we were looking at our new place, I realized how bad the situation was. The moment when I realized I wished desperately I could live there without him. My aha moment. I had to get out. Well, at our old house, I had decorated the second bedroom with cheap Amazon wallpaper stickers and an intricate design up to the ceiling. They were on every wall high and low, at least 70 or more of them. Well, I decided to leave him on moving day, so while he was at work, my sister came with a U-Haul and helped me get out leaving behind all 70-something polka dots solidly cemented to the walls on the final day before we had to be completely out. The best thing that came from that crap show of a relationship, the sweet, sweet feeling I get deep inside my salty witch soul when I think of him cursing to every higher power, chipping away at the polka dot wall stickers, stressed as freak, well into the early hours of the morning, and I live happily ever after in my own apartment near my family home. The end. Well, I'm certainly glad that OP was able to get out of that situation, and not only am I glad that they were able to get out, I'm glad they were able to leave something behind that kind of helped them feel a little bit better about the situation. This next story is written by Jen Straden. Do you like to bite people? Well, not yet. Context, I, 24-year-old female, have a brother, 20-year-old male, who, when he was about five years old, was going through a phase of biting everyone, classmates, teachers, and obviously me. My mother had tried to stop him and even told his teacher that if he bit any child, let the child bite him. End of context. Well, even with all that, it wasn't possible for my brother to stop biting anyone. Until one day, he went from biting my arm to biting my butt. I accused him to my mom, but he only minimized the matter until one day he was playing in the sofa while I was watching television, and I leaned over and he took the opportunity to bite my butt, but he put his mouth in the middle of my cheeks and it quickly occurred to me to let go of a toot that completely entered his mouth. The good thing about all that is that he stopped biting the people. I would definitely say that their behavior had definitely, definitely escalated to a major degree, and frankly, as gross as it is, they kind of deserve that, and I'm glad that it was a good teaching tool for them to realize, hey, maybe you should stop biting people, especially on the butt. Our next story is from an anonymous poster, Litter Critters. I had a girlfriend who I suspected was cheating on me. I staked out her house on a night she said she was staying in. She left around 10.30 p.m., Following her, she unknowingly led me to her ex-boyfriend's spot. When I asked her how her night was, she told me an elaborate lie about her best friend's teenager being hit by a semi-truck and that she had to go be with her in the hospital all night. This was an unprovoked lie. It was gross. The next night, I took a bag of cat crap from the litter box and molded it under her car door handles. It was gross. 
She wore long acrylic nails and could never be bothered. My desperate search to confirm her BS came up short. She was a liar, so the litter critters gathered to keep her company. Would you guys blame OP for what they did? Like, is that just too gross? Should they just leave in that situation? Or is putting some cat poop under their door handles kind of warranted for a jerk who will so brazenly lie to you like that? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Andor02, Petty Revenge on an eBay Scammer. So the story starts at the beginning of the pandemic, when the price of PC components had gone through the roof. I was in the process of building a PC I'd been saving toward for months. Finally got to buying a secondhand graphics card on eBay. A big mistake. The seller had good feedback, a dozen or so selling items, and I got a tracking number the next day. A week or so later, no box, so I contacted the seller who says it's posted. I checked the tracking number and it still says it hasn't been dropped off at the post office or picked up. A lot of back and forth later, the seller ignores my messages. I recheck his feedback and he has 15 plus negative feedback scores in the past week for the exact same item with the same issue. Realizing the guy was trying to make off with my money, I got eBay on the case who said because there was a tracking number, I would have to wait at least a month for any action. Feeling very unhappy with this, I did a bit of digging on his PayPal account. He had made nothing private. Full name, phone number, and postcode were visible. So I go to the Auto Trader website and using his name, phone number, email address, and postcode, I register it for over 20 test drives at various dealerships within 100 miles. Newsletters? Of course. Brochure? Just send it here. Courtesy call to confirm test drive and discuss upgrade options? Why not? I do this every day for over a week. Never heard from him again, but I did get the money back eventually, and his account was banned. I do wish I could hear his phone ring for the 50th time in a week, telling him about the latest Skoda Octavia deal. From my knowledge and experience, if you really want to get back at these people, apparently you should sign them up for Scientology. I think apparently they have some clause where, like, they literally will not stop asking. Like, it would be on you to find a way to totally block them out after you're on their list. Maybe that's just a rumor, though, but... Also, forget that whole eBay, you gotta wait a month. And also, still, component prices for PC parts. It still sucks. If anybody knows anything about graphics cards, I hope when the next generation of new releases comes out, they don't price it at the current day prices and try to profit off of the shortage scalper prices. Try to pass it off as the new normal. Our next story is from Nashua. Oops, I guess you're contaminated now. Back in 2012 or 2013, I got diagnosed with cancers, yes, plural, and as a result, I had to undergo some very intense rounds of chemo. And because of one of the cancers I had in particular, leukemia, I was immunocompromised and had to stay in these sterile rooms at the hospital because I was basically unable to defend myself against any of the bacteria or viruses outside. So for a period of over six months, my usual routine was to come to the hospital, get the chemo injections, then go into the sterile room for a full month while the chemo is doing its thing. Then one week, or only a few days sometimes, of free time outside the hospital, then back in for the next round of chemo. Let me tell you, that was rough. Obviously, during that time, I absolutely cherished these short times out that I got out of the hospital and I tried to go out as much as I could. 
and because of the weakened state that I was in, I had to walk with a crutch to support me, and I had to wear a mask each time I was out of my home, to protect myself, not to protect others. As you can imagine, at that time having a mask while being outside was completely unheard of unless you were living in Asia, which I wasn't, so I often got a lot of looks from bystanders, but nothing more than that. That is, until the day I went out to my local shopping center. When I arrived there, I started walking around on my crutch and sat down on a bench to relax and take in the noises of a busy mall. You have no idea how much you miss noise until you're stuck in a room for months on end with almost no one around. As usual, some people were giving me puzzled looks, but I didn't pay attention to it. Then suddenly a young teen, maybe around 14 or 16, walked straight to me and started making fun of me. He was calling me insert slur for Asian here, telling me I most likely had the plague, that I should go die under the bridge that I came from, that I'm putting everyone at risk by being here, that he's going to call the cops on me and they'll put me down, etc, etc. It's not even like he was with friends and was trying to make them laugh by mocking me. He was literally alone and went on that hate-filled tirade for maybe 3-4 to four minutes for absolutely no reason. And let me tell you that after almost dying twice, that months after complications due to surgery, the amount of freaks that I had to give to that failed abortion was in the negative scale. So I stood up, and he came inches away from me thinking I was going to fight him. But no, all I did was take a deep breath, pulled my mask down, and coughed twice right in front of him. Then I put my mask up, said, oops, and sat down again. That jerk went white as a ghost, mouth agape, and after a few seconds he ran away and I never saw him again. I went home shortly after and couldn't stop smiling. I'm not gonna lie, the kid like that is absolute scum. If you were at the mall and you found somebody making fun of you like that, would you let it bother you? Like, would you go home and like constantly be replaying it? Or would you have the mindset of screw that person and let it roll right off your back like a duck with water? Let me know how you would handle that. Our next story is from FewBadger4460. Want to make sure my hands are washed? Set up. At my work, there's this one coworker who I just absolutely despise. I won't elaborate on exactly why I hate him, but virtually everyone at my workplace who was there for the numerous incidents that led up to this point or has heard about them from me have unanimously agreed that my seething hatred for this person is 100% justified. Now this idiot, let's call him D because he's a major Richard, is halfway decent at his job and has his nose so far up one manager's rear end. The rest of the workplace is surprised D's skin isn't permanently stained. Management's also notoriously toothless when it comes to dealing with problems, I'll explain a bit later. So short of him destroying thousands of dollars in equipment, or actually injuring someone, there's no way to get him in trouble, let alone fired. The incident... So after two years of putting up with D's BS, I come into the office after finishing up a task and try to grab a ticket to report the task finished. D's blocking the cabinet, and when I ask him to move, he makes a condescending comment along the lines of, You better have washed your hands. Now the task I just did is dirty to say the least, and requires PPE like latex gloves to perform, with washing your hands right after being the best practice. I do my job properly, I wash my stupid hands. His attitude and comments were completely unnecessary. As I said above, I absolutely hate this guy. I've hated him for years. 
I was at the point that even this simple exchange of words was enough to finally set me off. The straw that broke the camel's back. I was done with him. So instead of beating D within an inch of his life like I wanted to do for months, I did the smart thing and notified my supervisor that I was not feeling well enough to work safely, clocked out, and went home to cool off before I had to deal with D and his constant BS the next day. Well, management was not happy about that, and first thing when I walked in gave me a lecture about washing my hands and how D was right to be concerned. Then they doled out the worst punishment they can give me, the threat of a write-up. Not an actual write-up, just the threat of one. The petty, so with me fuming at both D and management for taking his side, I had two options, get fired for assault or get petty. Well, this wouldn't be on here if I went with the former, so I hatched a plan. Because there was an issue raised about whether or not I washed my hands when required, from then on, I will broadcast to everyone in my building that I'm conforming to safety standards whenever I need to wash my hands. And when I say broadcast, I really mean it. All of us are equipped with portable radios for communication throughout the facility, and the speakers on these things are loud. As in, when someone says something, everyone can hear it even customers in the lobby. So for half a year now, at least twice a day, everyone's forced to listen to me loudly proclaiming that I'm washing my hands whenever I finish the task. Needless to say, this irked management, my coworkers, and best of all, really, really annoys D. My coworkers know why I'm doing this and either laugh it off or ignore my antics. D complains to management, who occasionally try to tell me to stop. But when I tell them that I'm only trying to uphold transparency and safety standards due to complaints about my work ethic and that any request to stop should be delivered in writing, they clam up real quick. If they put the request to cease in writing or write me up for my behavior, management makes this official. Corporate has a real hard-on for safety and having management explain why they want a worker with an impeccable safety record to stop being so safe would not look good for them. The only way to prevent me from calling out about washing is to have someone else do the task instead of me. The problem is, it's a dirty job, and I'm the only one in the whole building who volunteers to do it. So now, I can be annoying and petty at work, no one can or will stop me, and everyone knows that D is to blame for kickstarting this petty show. I'm not gonna lie, I don't blame OP one single bit for doing what they did. It seems to me like there must be some clear-cut case of favoritism going on here as well. Because how do you have a very clear responsibility in your job to wash your hands afterwards, D to be able to go, hey you better have washed your hands, for you to get pissed off because that's just one comment on a mountain full of them, and for management to go, well, you know he's right, you better have washed your hands, makes you want to look at your management and be like, Are you okay? Do you understand that I'm supposed to be washing my hands? Like you're looking around with your hands up like, yeah, I'm supposed to. I did it. It's part of my job. That's like you walking into the office and me saying, I hope you tied your shoes. You getting upset because I make fun of you every single day, leaving because of mental health, and then management going, yeah, well, you better have tied your shoes. If you don't keep up on that, we're going to write you up. And our final story of the day is by Tress98. Music too loud? Enjoy more of it. I wasn't the one who took revenge, but I had a front row seat. Here we go. I was playing a small gig with my band at a birthday party on Sunday. Think 15 people in the audience. 
We played outside in a small garden, so we didn't turn our amplifiers too high. Almost as soon as we started, some of the neighbors came out and over to join the party, so I guess we were quite good. We played for over an hour, mostly rock, from 4pm to just after 5pm, and it was really great. Well, after we just finished our last song, another neighbor came and complained about the music. There was a small screaming match between that neighbor and the homeowner, in which the homeowner said that the concert had even been registered at the police, so the angry neighbor couldn't do much. However, as I said, we had just finished our last song and, I guess to avoid giving that angry neighbor the feeling of victory, the homeowner asked our drummer to do a drum solo, and boy did he deliver. He completely let loose and played for five minutes straight, showing off his skill and giving the neighbor an earful of that awful music. I hope it wasn't too loud. I mean, depending on the neighbor's situation, I can get why they would be frustrated about it, but it only lasted like an hour, right? Like, I feel bad for the people that work awkward hours like night shifts and sleep during the day, but like... Most places have ordinances that you can make plenty of noise from like certain daytime hours like usually like as early as 7am to all the way to like 8pm. And like OP said in this story, they had cleared this one with the police. So, you know, this Karen or Kevin can keep on yelling and screaming and maybe they can even go and call the cops, but they're gonna get shut down. At least they got their own drum solo to enjoy walking back into their house to. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.